the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. I know a place where we can go. This is Crosswalk Colorado Springs, a local community faith program from 100.7. The Word. We're going down to the river. Hello, Colorado Springs. Welcome to another edition of Crosswalk. This is Chaim Goldman, the Watchman. So happy to have you here today on a really special hour that you're going to enjoy because we're going to be discussing, well, I, you know, I like to discuss hard issues. We as Christians really need to deal with reality. We need to deal with what's going on in our own worlds personally, in our city, in our, in our state, and in our country. And we're wrapping that all together today because we're going to be talking about January 6th and the aftermath of January 6th, 2021 in Washington, D.C. We all know that date. It comes up a lot. You would think two and a half years later, we wouldn't have to talk about it anymore. And yet we do, because on today's program, we have El Paso County uh, native Rebecca Lavrens, who is a, a mother, a grandmother, a great grandmother, who decided to go to Washington, D.C. on January 6, 2021, very specifically to pray for the nation, but her life has never been the same since. And I'll have you know that uh, one of those uh, three-letter organizations that we never want knocking on her door ended up knocking on her door a time later, and um, she has had to deal with a lot, and she's standing strong because as believers, we need to do that. And so on today's program, we're talking Christian civil disobedience. And I want to welcome Rebecca Lavrens to Crosswalk today. Rebecca, thanks so much for coming on. Thank you. I'm, I'm glad you're having me on Crosswalk. I'm excited to share my story. Yeah, this, this is an exciting story, and we're being very sensitive because there are criminal charges against you, um, federal misdemeanor charges against you. And we'll get into that story um, and and really how to stay strong. You would think, you know, with all that's going on in the country and all the crime and all the things that our various justice departments could be working on, that prosecuting a, a grandmother, a great-grandmother, who, who admittedly did go into the Capitol that day. We're not saying that you were just bopping around. But um, but but to think that this is something that is important to the government is very strange, and I think challenges us all to think about you know what is the United States government? Is it really serving we the people, or has it become something else? And and you you had certainly have opinions on that, and we'll get to that today. But first, in this first segment, as we always like to do on Crosswalk. Let's learn about you and your testimony. Who who are you, Rebecca Lavrens, and what is your what is your faith testimony? Well, it started seventy one years ago, I guess. <laughs> <laughs> I was born in nineteen fifty two. I was brought up in a Lutheran church background, Lutheran church, and my dad was a pastor and a Christian uh, school teacher for a while. So I had a background of not knowing about God, but there was always this part that was missing, and I didn't 
I didn't know that I could really have a personal relationship. So when I was about a teenage, probably 14, 15 is when I really um, got had some friends around me and they said, well, did you know that you can have a real personal relationship with God and you can have assurance that if you die tonight, you go to heaven? And I said, really? And, and then they showed, shared with me a scripture that these are the things that you can know that you have eternal life. So I committed my life to God and became a born-again believer at that time in when I was probably 14 or 15, like I said. And the moment I did that, I knew that from this day forward, my life is not my own. And that leads was part of the reason why I was able to do what I did, because I've never counted my life as my own. I realized that it was a coin in Jesus' pocket, and if he wants to spend me whatever he wants, <laughs> then he can. So That's I've an, done I've that. I've never heard it put that way before. <laughs> That's an interesting analogy. Well, I haven't been perfect at it for sure, but that's been my goal. And one of my kids always says, "Whatever." one thing about my mom, she's not afraid to do what God tells her to do, no matter what the cost. Amen. Well, so, that's, that's why we have you on Crosswalk. <laughs> so, so tell us about, you know, all these, uh, you know, 50 years of, of walking with Messiah. What are some really important moments or situations that you've been in to go through that have, you know, brought you to be such a bold great-grandmother today? <laughs> well, part of that was I got married to my high school sweetheart, who I love very dearly, and found out later on a little bit into the marriage that he'd been unfaithful quite a bit during mm. the marriage. And it was kind of hard to go through, but I knew, actually, when I my first year in uh, a liberal arts Christian college, I took a Bible class that I just loved. And in that class, I ended up writing a, a paper on Paul's letter to to the Corinthians, I think it's chapter 7, 1 Corinthians 7, where it talks about marriage and that um, marriage is till death do you part, and it's a covenant. And I realized, okay, I'm in this situation, but <laughs> um, it's a covenant that's till death do us part. So I realized that covenant is, from that time forward was very important to God. And so I was very faithful to my covenant because I think it's a, our marriage is an expression of God's love for us. And so... Uh, I remained faithful to my marriage. There was separation a couple, t- several different times during our marriage, but um, it was an expression of for me of being faithful to God's word on covenant. So I was faithful even till death. My husband passed away about eight years ago, but loved him all the way to the end and even through it all. And it was a it was a preparation for me in a lot of other ways that I had to stand up for what was on God's heart. And that's been the other thing that's been very important and integral in my walk with God is just finding out to what's on on his heart. And that's mm-hmm. always been the mission of my life, to know what's on his heart. So I know we were talking about before the program about covenant and, you know, why the United States is, is so important to you because of this covenant that that we as a nation have made with God. Please, please go into that. How does that inspire you as an American, even though— <laughs> You're, you're seemingly at odds with our with our government at this point. Well, I think that's why I don't count what happened to me as necessarily, I don't consider myself a victim. I feel that this is a victorious thing that God has led me to. It's something that I feel that God chose me for. There was a point where he did tell me, I chose you, Rebecca. And I think that he cho- he basically said he chose me because of the stand I made for covenant. Because one thing that I've realized, I know, Jaime, you're a messianic uh, messianic J- Jew, Jew yeah, Christian, yeah. what you know, whatever you call it. And I feel that we owe a lot. I mean, we owe our whole salvation to Jesus and allowing the Gentiles to be grafted into this. And so um, I know that Israel was 
the only country that God made a covenant with. But we are the only country that, to my understanding, that has made a covenant with God. And as I said, my dad was a government, a history teacher, and I, the Mayflower Compact was important to me. And that was a covenant that was made with the Pilgrim forefathers before they stepped off of that Mayflower Compact that Mayflower ship that mm-hmm. they took and they said this country would be for the glory of God and the advancement of the Christian faith. And they said that before they even became, became a country it was just a land. They didn't even know what they were going to experience. And then just this year, I found out that there was another covenant, a 1607 covenant that was even prior to that, that said that there were, uh, they were commissioned by, uh, the king in of England to come over in 1606. They took the journey and landed in 1607, and they said this country would be for the glory of God, and it would be a godly country for generations to come, and that because of that, it would be an evangelist, not to, only to the people that they found here in the land that they stayed in, but also to the evangelist to the world. And that's our calling and that's our commitment. And God's not done with our country. He has a covenant, and covenants are very, very important to God. And I'm super excited that I was chosen for this assignment. Amen. So if you're just joining us here on 100.7 FM, uh, this is Crosswalk. I'm Chaim Goldman, and we are talking with Rebecca Lavrens, who is an El Paso County resident who has a very, very personal story about January 6th, uh, 2021 in Washington, D.C. She was there. She was in the Capitol building, and we'll be getting into that in our next segment. Some would call her... An insurrectionist. <laughs> so some would call her, you know, a lot of things that um, that are not, you know, great in the media. There have been many articles written about you that were that were seemingly, you know, defamatory about you personally. But um, we're going to be back in a moment. But in thirty seconds, how would you describe yourself? How would I describe myself? Uh, <laughs> oh. Uh, not a rebel. I'm not a rebel. Don't say that. <laughs> I'm just a lover of truth. I love her of truth. I love Jesus. I love God, my country, and my family. Well, and you I- know what? Loving truth and standing for truth can be can be rebellious these days, <laughs> okay. unfortunately. Against the right things. You have to stand for truth, even if it means you have to look rebellious. <laughs> okay. Well, we'll be back momentarily. Stick around here on Crosswalk. We're talking with Rebecca Lavrens who was at January 6, 2021, and she's going to tell her personal story and the aftermath of it. We'll be right back on Crosswalk. This is Crosswalk, Colorado Springs, on 100.7, The Word. Welcome back to Crosswalk on The Word, 100.7 FM. I am Chaim Goldman, the Watchman, and are here continuing our conversation with Rebecca Lavrens, who is an El Paso County resident, grandmother, great-grandmother, who went to January, went on January 6th to Washington, D.C. to pray for the nation. But we're going to find out more about that story in this section, because even though um, she went down for one thing, she is in a, in a battle right now. And um, with the government, there are charges against her for her being in D.C., and what we're really talking about over the course of this show is Rebecca's testimony, but also talking about Christian civil disobedience, because there are times throughout history when we as believers have had to stand up against the government, 
uh, that has been uh, unjust in its actions. And uh, Rebecca feels that she needs to do that in this day and age, that God has chosen her to do that in this day and age. So, Rebecca, welcome back to the program. Crosswalk, you can say hi to everybody who might (laughs) just be joining us as I gave the background of our program. So... Give us the background on you deciding to go to Washington, D.C. on January 6th. Why, why did you decide to go? Okay. Well, I've always, as I said on the first segment, that I've always been a lover of truth. Around first part of January, I got a call from my son who uh, just said, Mom, are you going to go to the Stop the Steel rally? I'm going to go with my son, my son, which is my grandson, and we're going to be going there and stand up for our country. I come... <laughs> One thing I did teach my kids well is to love their country and God. And so he says, Mom, I know you won't wear a mask. Uh, I chose not to wear a mask because ever during the, the, the event that happened in 2020, <laughs> I'll call it that, because I have a background as a registered nurse, and I know that facts about that kind of situation. So I chose never to wear a mask. I So he said, Mom, I know you won't get on a plane, but it only takes 25 hours to drive all the way to D.C. and you can get that in two days. So I chose to, I said, well, I'll pray about it and see what God says. And after about a day or two, I I knew that I knew that I was supposed to go. So I got in my car. I decided to fast and pray while I went all the way there and made it in two days. And I got there on the evening of January 5th. My daughter, one of my daughters was working uh, for the Republican National Committee, and she had a house about three or four blocks from the Capitol. And oh, she, great. So she, she was out of town that day. Mom, you can have my room, she said. So I, well, why do you feel God sent you there? Why, why do you feel that, that God wanted you to be in D.C. that day? Well, I, I felt that I'm a praying grandmother, right? <laughs> <laughs> and I felt like, well, leading up to that, uh, I was involved with a, a a political group that was more activist leading up to mm-hmm. that. And I thought something's wrong with our country. I started getting involved in the local um, El Paso County Republican Party. And I knew that something wasn't right when it turned, when we turned on the television on the t- day after the election. And I thought, I thought everything was going to be taken care of by the lo- regular things that usually happen, that, that questioning the election and nothing seemed to happen. And so I, I just kept praying and I thought that something's going to happen. But because I believe that um, we can we can we are called to pray but we're also called to pray to take action james 1 says be be not deceiver you'll be deceived if you don't act on the word so i decided be not doers of the word be not just hearers but doers of the word um because if you don't do what god shows you to do you'll get deceived and that is one of my main reasons i feel excited about sharing wherever I can this story, because I think we're at a time in history when people are easily deceived. And I think the reason we get deceived is we don't act on what God shares us. So what was do. it like, just to bring us there for a moment okay. of what it was like to be there with millions of people okay. who were down there for a variety <laughs> of reasons? Yeah. So I got up on this on the 6th, went down to the Capitol. I decided to go on the east side. That's where I was, facing the Capitol. The Supreme Court was on the other side, and there were just Tons of people. I don't know. I'm not good at estimating numbers, but I know right around the Capitol there. At first, there were just like maybe 10,000, but it grew and it grew. There were probably a couple hundred thousand. Even a, I heard later, all the way back was probably two million people that were really loving our country. So I met a lot of people there while I was there. I just found myself positioned right in front of the Capitol where the barriers were. And I just thought, God has me here for a reason. So after I got there, I was met some really patriotic people. People were just had this excitement of loving our country. And then after a few minutes, 
um, or after an hour or two, I, I was getting kind of cold. And I looked over to the left, and there was a platform over there where people were praying and worshiping God. And I decided, and there were some chairs over there. I said, I'm just going to go over there and walk over there and just sit on one of the chairs. And I started walking over there, and I'd been fasting and praying, so I didn't feel like standing all day long. I was a little weak, but I got almost to the curb, and all of a sudden, the Spirit of God came over me, and I couldn't even stand up. I ended up falling not falling, but I felt like I couldn't even stand up. I sat on the curb and I just wept for about 10 to 15 minutes for, and I knew it was for our country because I love my country so much. And I know God has a plan for us because he loves us. And so I, after about 10 or 15 minutes, it lifted. And then the spirit of God or the boldness of God came over me. Uh, it says in Proverbs 28, one, that the righteous are bold as lions. And it came over me with such a boldness. I saw that they were singing and praying on that platform and they were letting different people up there. So I went up to them and said, do you mind if I come and pray on this platform? So I asked and they said, sure, whatever God has, you can pray. And I turned to the Capitol and I just declared the 1620 covenant, which says this country will be for the glory of God and the advancement of the Christian faith. I said that prayer, walked off, went back and found myself standing right in the middle, facing the doors of the Capitol. And it was just an amazing, awe-inspiring time to know that we were standing for our country. People around us were saying, this is our house. This is our house. We just wanted to be heard. And then before I knew it, the barriers had come down. We were all going forward. And I remember feeling and saying to my daughter, if those doors open, I sense that God wants me to go in that capital. And I had no idea why. But then they opened, and I felt the presence of God just kind of it wasn't like I felt I had to do anything there other than pray or just to take God's presence in. So I walked in, was in there. I, you know, if you want to know about all this, you can look on my FBI report. Yeah, right I got high. it right in front of me. We got we got photographs. I mean, it's not there's no dispute that you were in the Capitol for ten minutes. Ten minutes. What were you doing when you were in there? I I went in there. I can you can see me chatting with one of the police officers, Capitol police officers. I didn't do anything. I just walked around, looked, and I just. I get, the main thing that I felt was in there, when I got in there, I had such an overwhelming sense that I was exactly where God wanted me to be. And all I could see was my child, grandchildren's faces, and I said, they're not, we're not a country. It's not going to go down to socialism on my watch if I can do anything about it. I wasn't going to do anything. I don't ever, I've never carried a weapon or anything like that. I walked through, and then all of a sudden I, we were going down this one hall, and then we turned around, and then everybody, I said, why are we turning around? And they said, the the congressmen are, have left the building. There's no point in us making our presence known because that's all we wanted to do. We weren't trying mm-hmm. to be violent or anything like that. And we just walked out. We walked on. We walked back. On oh. your own accord. On our own so accord. So they were not, were they telling you to leave or anything No like one that? said anybody told us to leave. Or, and while I was there, nobody said anything about leaving. And you didn't break down any doors. The no. doors were open. The doors opened. I found they were open. And that's what I told my daughter. If those doors open, I feel I'm supposed to go in. And even the Capitol Police that you can see on the... FBI report. You can see me talking to him, but there was he never said anything about leaving or anything. We just left because we wanted to be heard. That's the whole thing. This is our we the people, and that's what is so exciting is that I get to tell the story is because we need to stand up for we the people. So I went back out, went back to my room that night, and I asked, or my daughter said, "Mom, do you think do you know you could be arrested for going into that Capitol building?" And I said, "No, I had no idea." So I, the next day, and I'm just going to say this, the next day I said, oh, I need to ask God if I need to repent about this, because if I did something wrong, then I need to repent. I'm willing to say that it was wrong. And I went before the Lord, and I just sensed so, so strongly that 
the father said to me, Rebecca, you did what I told you to do, and I'm proud of you. Oh. So that's well, my story. <laughs> um, unfortunately, the government didn't necessarily yeah. consult with God, because what, when we come back on Crosswalk, and if you're just joining us and wonder what we're talking about, we're here with El Paso County resident Rebecca Lavrens, who is a, a great-grandmother uh, who went on January 6, 2021, to Washington, D.C., to pray for our nation, ended up in the Capitol building, but then left. And when we come back on Crosswalk, we're going to hear the aftermath, because back in Colorado, the FBI didn't leave you alone. The FBI came, questioned, and Rebecca ended up in jail and now has charges against her. So stick around, because we're going to be hearing about the aftermath of January 6th, following Rebecca all the way back to Colorado. I'm Chaim Goldman for Crosswalk on 100.7 FM. Stick around for this exciting story. We'll be right back. Crosswalk, Colorado Springs on 100.7. The Word. Closer than a brother, there is no judgment. Welcome back to Crosswalk. This segment that we have coming up with Rebecca Lavrens, this is pretty heavy. And this is going to challenge you because, you know, we the people are supposed to be the government. But what do we do when we don't feel that the government is representing us and serving us and is possibly even persecuting us for, well, there's really no cause to ever persecute, but coming after us with charges um, and you feel that God is telling you to stand against it. I believe that uh, we're in an age where we're all confronting that daily of how much are we to stand for God in America when the government seemingly is uh, is is not just for God, but not for God, but is against God. And so we have Lebec- Rebecca Lavrens, who is a great-grandmother who on January 6, 2021, decided to go to Washington, D.C. to pray for our nation. Uh, if you've been listening to us, and, and you can look it up, you can Google her name and you can see the— um, uh, statement of facts and the complaint against her, the legal case against her, um, because she went into the Capitol for about 10 minutes that day. That is not disputed. Uh, and now the government followed her to Colorado in order to say that with everything going on in this country, that it's important to uh, come after a grandma who walked through the people's house for 10 minutes. So, Rebecca, bring us back to Colorado 2021. Um, you've sort of, you know, moved on, but but hasn't moved on. Tell us what happened. Okay. Well, I was so excited that I obeyed God, first of all, and that I felt like I did what God told me to do. When you do something that you know is on God's heart, you, it just is exhilarating for me anyway, you know, no matter what the outcome. But then after we got back home, after about a week, I, we started hearing these things that, hey, they're going to start arresting these people. And I thought, oh, this is it can't be happening. But so I didn't... I never was really much on Facebook, and so I wasn't really out there. So I didn't think anything was going to happen to me because I was just like, as you said, a praying grandmother who would come after me. I'm not. I went there alone. I went in the Capitol alone. I wasn't with a group of people that were out doing something. And then so fast forward, April 19th, it was my um, oldest son's birthday, and I was making a cake and going to have have a party, I think, that night for him where we were just going to have him over, I think. And I get a knock on the door. I live out in the country and I get a knock on the door and there's man and woman at the door and they pull out their card and they said, we're the FBI and we want to um, investigate you regarding your involvement with January 6th. And the first thing that came out of my mouth was, I'm sorry, I'm busy. 
I have my son's <laughs> birthday is today, and I'm having him over. Can you come back another time? I was very polite, and they said, sure. Well, <laughs> so, well they do work for us, right? Right, so that was the right answer like on that, their right? half, and I since learned that, you know, yeah. you can do that. <laughs> so so they gave me their card, and they said, well, get back to us. So I got back to them a week and a half later, and we ended up making an appointment, and then they did the investigation. They asked me all the questions that I I didn't have anything to hide. I knew that I did what I did, and I wasn't. I'm never lied. My oldest grandson always says, "Mom or Grandma, the one thing about you is you never lie." <laughs> so I couldn't tell. I wasn't going to lie. Everything's there anyway. And so I then I didn't hear anything from them till about three four months later in September or last of August, and I got a call from the agent and said, "You're probably going to be arrested and charged with four misdemeanors. You'll have to go up to Denver to the U.S. court <clears throat> courthouse and get." charged and um yeah, so, these, so these charges on this criminal complaint entering and remaining in a restricted building or grounds disorderly and disruptive conduct in a restricted building or grounds disorderly conduct in a capitol building parading demonstrating or picketing in a capitol building ba- based on your story it seems like only the first one <laughs> might might even apply um by based on what what you've said um how did you, what were you feeling at this time? You know, I, I just thought this can't be happening, <laughs> but I knew that there, the, our government, you know, since 2020, everything that probably was going on for a long time was finally getting revealed. And I didn't want to hide myself under the covers and say, this isn't happening, but it actually is happening. And I, I just couldn't believe it was happening. And I, I didn't want to be out there known. Like I said, I'm not on Facebook. I wanted to be quiet. I didn't, I didn't want a big big deal out of this. I thought it would all blow away. And um, in fact, one of my um, good friends and mentors um, that I pray with, he and his wife, they said, well, they'll probably just forget about you because you're not a high-profile person or anything like that. They so, haven't forgotten about no, you. So, what, so what's happened? What have you had to do as far as the criminal you know, charges? Well, um, what happened, um, <laughs> I let it go, and I never heard anything for about a year and a half. Oh. And that's when things started happening. <laughs> so, so just this year in 2023 is when Well, things... actually, that was 2021, the fall, right. when they said that they were going to um, probably charge me. And I didn't hear anything until December of 2021. 20, and, oh, okay. Or 2022, 22. excuse me. Yeah, I got that. Yeah. So December 2022 is when I heard that, hey, they're going to, um, I got a call from the FBI saying we're going to you're going to have to turn yourself in and we're going to, you can either have us come out and pick you up or we're going to take you up to Denver or you can go up to Denver and turn yourself in and you'll be charged with those four same misdemeanors that you read off. And then they'll charge you, they'll fingerprint you, book you and, um, and then reach you your charges and then we have to go from there. And what are these charges? What What is the possible penalty? Well, the possible penalty, and they read me all them. I asked them what they were and they, and they read them like to me, like you did. And they, the, Maximum prison sentence would be about a year, and then it binds up to two hundred thousand over two hundred thousand. So a year for all four. For all four together, okay. yeah. Mm-hmm. So a lot of people would um, just plea it out, <laughs> but you've decided no. not to. Well, what what's going on? Why why okay. have you decided what what's going on with you that you've decided to? I don't want to say fight it, but but to not just give in to their claims. Well. Like I told you before, um, my 
mission in life is to know God and do what he says. And when he t- gives me, pr- says that I'm proud of you, you carried my presence into the Capitol. If I said, no, I didn't, I did something wrong, then I felt like I'd be going against what mm-hmm. God has said to me. And, you know, I, I don't agree with that. I believe that when I did what God told me to do, I was standing up for truth. And I think there's a, one of the, my favorite scriptures, or not scriptures, but statements of um, one of the statesmen, Edmund Burke, said, all it takes for evil to prevail is for good men to do nothing. And Martin Luther I, <clears throat> has a statement. I can't quote it exactly because it's kind of lengthy. But he says, if you're not fighting against the thing that the devil is fighting most against in our, whatever age you're living in, then you're just blowing, basically blowing smoke or you're not fighting against what truth is. So um, I was uh, told, I just felt in my heart. In fact, I told my daughter when I got arrested, I called my one of my daughters and I said, I'm going to be arrested. And she said, uh, well, mom, you probably always wanted to be arrested because your hero was Paul in the Bible. <laughs> and so I said, well, now you ended up in jail. Tell us about that. Okay. So I went to jail or actually a couple the day before I I found out I was going to be arrested with the first part of December. And the day that they chose to arrest me was on a Monday at 10, around 10 o'clock in the morning. And for three years, I find this very interesting. For three years, I've been having, had been having a prayer call that exact same time every Monday at 10 o'clock. And that's when they choose to arrest me. So besides the stuff that goes on, there's also a spiritual thing that goes behind what things happen in our society and our culture. And I think that they knew that and they're fighting against the, the enemy does not want us to pray. He doesn't want us to stand up for truth. So that day, <clears throat> the day before that, uh, or a couple of days before that, there was um, a good friend of mine here in El Paso County um, wanted me to uh, get some people to support me. So they got a bunch of people up uh, that were going to support me at the at the courthouse when I got up there. And uh, some other good friends of mine in the county decided they would take me up there. And so... The day before I was supposed to be arrested was Sunday. I was outside feeding my chickens, and I had told this friend of mine she wanted me to put my name out on Facebook, and I said, don't do that yet. I don't want my name out there. I didn't want it. I never wanted it out there. And then I, just before that, I came in, and I sat down at my desk, and I felt like God said, it's time for you to be known. And I think there's a bigger reason why I had to be known, and this is why I'm on this call today. Okay. Well, thank you. We're, we are here on Crosswalk. This is Chaim Goldman, the Watchman, and we're speaking with Rebecca Lavrens, who is a local great-grandmother here in El Paso County who was uh, went to January 6th to pray for our nation but ended up in something much bigger. And when we come back, we're going to tell a little more details about your time in jail and then you know, lessons that you're learning from this so that you can share with us so that we can all stand up for the things God wants us to stand up for. This is Chaim Goldman. Please stick around for our final segment on Crosswalk with Rebecca Lavrens. We'll be right back. This is Crosswalk, Colorado Springs, on 100.7 The Word. Welcome back to Crosswalk on 100.7 FM, The Word. I don't know if you can hear it outside, but this is live radio. We got thunder boomers going on here in in Colorado Springs. Very exciting. And we're back with Rebecca Lavrens, uh, who I hope you've been listening to us. If not, you're going to need to catch this on podcast on the wordfm1007.com because Rebecca is a local grandmother great-grandmother, uh, who went on January 6, 2021, to, to Washington, D.C. to pray, but um, has now uh, charges, formal federal charges against her for four misdemeanors, 
uh, for going into the Capitol building, and they followed her back here to Colorado. And we're we're, um, heading toward the end of this story and conclusions about Christian civil disobedience. And, you know, when do you have to do what God's saying, even when the government might be telling you differently? But tell us about your experience about being in jail for for a little while, and and what was that experience like, and, and how did that impact you? What did it make you think about? Okay, so December 19th, 2022, I was drove up, or my some f- good friends of mine drove me up there. They um, told me to meet me at a corner. They weren't there because I had about 30 or 40 lovers of Jesus praying for me and went with me, and they <laughs> they weren't there, but they I ended up meeting them at a different location, and they took me to the... Um, uh, down into the court or the federal the courthouse. courthouse. Well, yeah. yeah, the courthouse. The courthouse is on the top. The prison is on the bottom. They took me. They booked me. They put me, um, fingerprinted me. Took, um, put me in handcuffs and a belly chain. Took me down to a prison cell, and I was there. After I was there about an hour, uh, one of the U.S. Marshals came and said, "We're going to have to shackle your ankles." And so they put some ankle shackles on me, and I went back and sat down in that prison cell. And uh, this is the part that is so key to uh, having me on this show, uh, uh, podcast or radio program, because what happened to me in that pris- prison cell, uh, I think everybody should go to ha- prison <laughs> for what happened to me. I'm, I, After I got that, they put those ankle uh, cuffs on me. I looked, at, sat down, looked at my ankles, and I saw that chain between my le- legs, and I just started weeping because I saw what God did for me, the first thought that came to me was, Rebecca, you didn't shed blood. And then he said, Isaiah 53, 6, I was wounded for your transgressions. I was bruised for your iniquities. I, the chastisement of my, for your peace was upon me, and by your stri- my stripes you were healed. And all of a sudden, the love of God just poured out on me, and I just wept and wept because I knew that God loved me so much that he went through all of this. He did this tons more than I ever would have had to do. But he did that because he loved me. And Jesus went to the cross because he loved me, because he wanted relationship with me. And when I, when I sensed that, there's nothing ever compared to that. It was like I've lived my life up to this to have that experience of knowing the love of God. And when he did that, right after that, there was, first of all, there was no, there was no fear at all before I went there. So I wasn't worried about myself. But just to know God's love like that was just so impactful. And then he said, Rebecca, you were chosen. And he just reminded me again that I was chosen for this assignment. And my life has never been the same since I was in that prison cell. They took me up back up to the courthouse, read me my charges. My All my friends were there in the gallery, and they were... I mean, I just felt overwhelmed by the love of people for our country and for God, and that I was able to stand for what I believed in, and I was honoring God. In fact, as I walked back and shackled back to my to my cell, after they took me back to my prison cell, I was in prison for a total of three, four hours altogether. And the th- song that came to me was Father Abram had many sons, had many sons, had Father Abraham. And it's like I had the privilege of being able to one of his sons to stand up and stand up for what God says. And I believe it's to bring courage to all of us because we are my attorney that I have now is has <clears throat> said, Rebecca, you are would lose honor if you did not, if you wouldn't fight in this battle and mm-hmm. you're going to have honor and we will fight for you. So 
Rebecca Leverance, a, a grandmother, great grandmother, um, the crime being charged with around January 6th of going into the Capitol for about 10 minutes, walking around and then walking back out on her own accord, um, shackled, you know, put put in prison, has four federal misdemeanor charges that carry uh, about a year um, and you're fighting it. And, and if you're found guilty, would be about a year in jail. But you've been offered what? I was offered a plea by the prosecution, and my first attorney encouraged me to take that plea. They said, if you take the plea, they went through about an hour, hour and a half of trying to convince me that I should take this plea, my the prosecution, because they said, this is what happened in other cases. This is what could happen to you, and we care about you. You can go on with your life if you just take this plea. You could get house arrest, you know, probably something minimal, but if you decide not to take the plea and go to trial and you fight it, you're going to make— the this is what they actually said. You're going to make that judge mad because you're going to take up his time and you're going to take their money and take our money. <laughs> but they they say that because they said, well, you can get on with your life. And I won't I just couldn't. I prayed about it and I just felt God said so clearly do not take a plea. He said, my people in this country want to be free, but they are bound to this phrase. It's all about me. We are in a battle for our country and for our for our very existence, and it's time for us to stand up, and we can do that when God's on our side. Amen. Well, you have a website, um, RestoringGodlyCulture.com, RestoringGodlyCulture.com, and you can go on and read all about this and find out about Rebecca and find out you well, what's on the website? What are some things that you have? You can on the find website? out my story, different places that I've um, been to or talked to, and you can even see I got to meet President Trump and tell him a little bit about myself and tell him I <laughs> we're both fighting for the same thing. And I just want to say that in closing too. If you whatever you are going through, whatever God has told you to, don't be afraid to stand up and take courage because God is on our side and God want God will fight with you and for you when you stand for truth and He wants us to stand up. Amen. And you have you have a legal fund because yes. this obviously is not cheap to <laughs> yes. to hire lawyers regarding the federal government. People can find out more about that on the website. Yes, I have uh, the Restoring Godly Culture. If you drop in your email in there, I will. I'm going to be sending out newsletters to keep you updated on what I'm doing in my case, but as well to how I'm what God is showing me about restoring godly culture. And if you want to team up with me, you can give to my fund to help restore godly culture and for my legal fund. But everything's on that website. You'll find some really interesting pictures on there. <laughs> okay, wow. This has been an incredible story. Hyperlocal still in the news. You would think that January 6th was a long time ago, but it's it's seemingly in the news every day. And, and in fact, President Trump is right. He's in the midst of it all the time. But to know that uh, there were Coloradans, those from El Paso who went there and the story didn't end there. So, um, Rebecca, we, we want to keep hearing about you and, and this ongoing story. Um, how very quickly, how can people best pray for you? Well, I guess just pray that I'm more concerned about praying for you because I want us all to rise up. It's about we, the people. It's not about me. My good friend said, Rebecca, 
<clears throat> is us and we are Rebecca. And I feel like if you can just pray that God would continue to give me the courage and boldness to go wherever he leads me and to do whatever he does and that we can have a team together and work together to take our country back for a- God. Amen. Let, let's, uh, let's all do that as believers. We have to stand up. Civil. There is a time for civil disobedience when the government is not representing us anymore. Um, we, we have constitutional ways and personal ways uh, and I'm really proud of you, Rebecca, for, for how you're standing bold. It's an inspiration for all of us. Thank you, Rebecca Laverance, for being on Crosswalk today. Thank you for having me on. Well, this has been Crosswalk. Before you go, I want to let you know that you can get involved locally because we have school board elections coming up um, just in a, in a couple of weeks, mid-October, the ballots drop, uh, and then you have until November 7th to vote for your local school board members. So important. This is our children. This is our schools. There's a lot of tax money involved. So we want you to get involved and want you to know that Church Voter Guides is is back. Um, uh, this is my project that I do. We've interviewed school board candidates. We have their answers. We publish them exactly as we give them to us. And you can find that information coming up in just a couple weeks, but you can go there now and get on the list. Churchvoterguides.org. Churchvoterguides.org. Thank you so much. My brothers and sisters, now I want you to go out there and do powerful things for the kingdom. 100.7, the word. Three-star general, Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal record to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.